0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 23 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. This is the first of two episodes that explores the impact of confidence on sports performance. The topic of today's episode is, what is confidence? I define confidence as how strongly you believe in your ability to perform your best and achieve your athletic goals. Confidence to me is the single most important mental factor in sports. Confidence is so important because you may have all the ability in the world to perform well, but if you don't believe you have that ability, then you won't perform up to that ability. For example, a gymnast may be physically and technically capable of executing a back somersault with a full twist on the floor X, but she won't attempt the skill in a meet if she doesn't have the confidence that she can successfully execute the skill. Your goal is to develop what I call prime confidence, and I define it as a deep, lasting, and resilient belief in your ability. Prime Confidence keeps you positive, motivated, intense, and focused when you need to be most. With Prime Confidence, you're able to stay confident even when you're not performing well. You aren't negative and uncertain in difficult competitions, and you're not overconfident in easy competitions. Prime Confidence also encourages you to seek out pressure situations and to view difficult conditions and tough opponents as challenges to pursue. Most basically prime confidence enables you to perform your best at your highest level consistently. From the 18th century English author, Samuel Johnson, self-confidence is the first requisite of great undertakings. Now a misconception that many athletes have is that confidence is something you're born with, or if you don't have it at an early age, you'll never have confidence. In reality, confidence is like a muscle much like your biceps and quads that can be strengthened. And just like with any type of muscle, confidence can be developed through exercise in which you exert focus, effort, and repetition. But your confidence muscle is actually sort of made up of two muscles, a positive one and a negative one. If you're very negative in your thinking all the time, you're strengthening your negative confidence muscle. So when you compete, just like a bad technical habit, that negativity is what will come out and it will hurt your performance. In other words, you become really strong at being negative. If you have a bad technical habit, for example, a softball player opens her shoulders too early when swinging at the plate, she probably has swung that bat that way for a long time. She's developed a muscle pattern for swinging the bat the wrong way. The same holds true for confidence. Your confidence muscle ingrains the wrong way of thinking. So to change that negative muscle memory and strengthen your positive confidence muscle, you must retrain the way you think. You have to train your positive confidence muscle so that it becomes strong and allow your negative confidence muscle to atrophy so that your natural reaction is to flex your positive confidence muscle. An unknown quote, confidence is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets to illustrate another influence of confidence. Think back to a time when you didn't have confidence in yourself. You probably got caught in a vicious cycle of low confidence and performance, in which negative thinking leads to poor performance, which led to more negative thinking, and an even poorer performance, until your confidence is so low that you didn't even want to compete. This vicious cycle usually starts with a period of poor performance. This poor performance leads to negative self-talk. I'm terrible, I can't do this, I don't have a chance. You're becoming your own worst enemy. You start to get nervous before a competition because you believe you will perform poorly. All that anxiety hurts your confidence even more because you feel tense and physically uncomfortable. There's no way you can perform well when you're so uptight. The negative self-talk and anxiety causes negative emotions. You feel depressed, frustrated, angry, and helpless. All of which hurt your confidence even more and cause you to perform even worse. The negative self-talk, anxiety, and emotions then hurt your focus. If you have low confidence, you can't help but focus on all the negative things rather than on the good things, the things that will help you perform your best. All of this accumulated negativity then hurts your motivation. As bad as you feel, you just want to get out of there. You don't want to compete. If you're thinking negatively, caught in a vicious cycle, feeling nervous, depressed, and frustrated, and can't focus, you're not going to have much fun out there and you're not going to perform your best. Now, in contrast, recall when you've been really confident in your sport, your self-talk is positive. I'm a good athlete. I can perform well. I've got this. You're your best ally. With this positive self-talk you begin a virtuous cycle of high confidence and performance in which positive thinking leads to better performance, which leads to more positive thinking and even better performance. All the positive talk gets you feeling relaxed and energized as you begin the competition. You have a lot of positive emotions such as inspiration and excitement. You focus on the things you need to to perform your best. Competing with confidence is actually an enjoyable experience for you that you want to do. All of the positive thoughts and feelings then motivate you to perform your best. If you're thinking positively, riding a virtuous cycle, feeling relaxed and energized, experiencing positive emotions, and are focused on performing your best, you're going to have a lot of fun and you're likely to perform well. From the professional golfer Payne Stewart, a bad attitude is worse than a bad swing. Now let me introduce you to what I call the confidence challenge. It's easy to stay confident when you're performing well, when the conditions are ideal, and when you're competing against someone whom you're sure you can beat. The real test of confidence, though, is how you respond when things aren't going your way. This is the confidence challenge. What separates the best from the rest is that the best athletes are able to maintain their confidence when they're not at the top of their game. But by staying confident, they continue to work hard rather than give up because they know that in time, their performances will come around. As I just mentioned, most athletes who perform poorly get caught in that vicious cycle of low confidence and performance. Once you slip into that downward spiral, you rarely can get out of it in the short term. In contrast, athletes with prime confidence maintain their confidence and seek out ways to return to their previous level. All athletes will go through periods where they don't perform well. That's just the nature of sports. The key is not getting caught in the vicious cycle being able to get out of the down periods more quickly and to return to that virtuous cycle of high confidence and high performance. There are several keys to mastering the confidence challenge. First, develop the attitude that demanding situations are challenges to be sought out, not threats to avoid. Second, believe that experiencing challenges is a necessary part of becoming the best athlete you can be. Third, be well prepared to meet the challenges fourth stay positive and motivated in the face of those difficulties fifth focus on what you need to do to overcome the challenges sixth accept that you may experience failures and setbacks when faced with new challenges finally and most importantly never ever give up why because as soon as you give up you lose from the 20th century political leader and journalist Marcus Garvey. If you have no confidence in self, you're twice defeated in the race of life. Now let's explore why athletes lose confidence. Anything that counters your belief in your ability to achieve your goals will hurt your confidence. The greatest disruption to confidence is of course failure. Failure can mean making mistakes in a competition. For example, missing an easy header in soccer or falling on a double axle in figure skating. Failure will cause you to lose faith in your ability and cause you to become tentative and cautious in your performances. Failure can also mean having poor results in recent competitions. There is nothing more harmful to confidence than failure because it provides evidence that any confidence you may have is unjustified. So what are some symptoms of low confidence to help you identify whether you have low confidence? Self-doubt. Athletes with low confidence just don't believe in themselves. They express this self-doubt in negative self-talk or negative talk to others. Before a competition, for example, these athletes will be thinking things like, I'm just not going to play well today. My opponent is looking so strong, or I know I'm going to mess up today. Or they'll tell their coach or teammates, I'm not ready. I'm not feeling it today, or I don't have a chance. Not surprisingly, this sort of talk sets these athletes up for failure because they become their own worst enemy. And if their opponent is against them and they're against them, they have no chance of success. Another symptom of low confidence is anxiety. Athletes with low confidence experience intense pre-competitive anxiety because they don't believe they're capable of performing well and achieving success. As such, they're placing themselves in a situation that is incredibly threatening to them. Namely, almost guaranteed failure. This anxiety contributes to the vicious cycle that I talked about earlier, in which the highly unpleasant physical symptoms of anxiety, sweating, muscle tension, shortness of breath, racing heart, send the message to your mind that confirms the low confidence, triggers a flight reaction, and prevents anxious athletes from focusing adequately on what they need to do to perform well. Additionally, these symptoms almost ensure performance failure because anxious athletes' bodies are simply not capable of performing at their best. Lack of effort is another symptom of low confidence. Low confidence has the expected effect of reducing athletes' motivation to put forth their best effort. From this perspective, what's the point of trying when they know they will fail? This toxic stew of low confidence and motivation acts as a self-fulfilling prophecy of failure because without sufficient belief in their ability to succeed, and their lack of effort, these athletes have zero chance of becoming successful. Also, low effort provides these athletes with an excuse that protects their self-esteem. They can tell themselves and others that they would have done well if they'd tried harder. The final symptom of low confidence is tentative performance. Athletes with low confidence create a perfect storm of psychology and physiology that sets the stage for competitive performances that are cautious and tentative. These performances lack full commitment because of the absence of both confidence and motivation. They are missing intense physical effort and exertion because their bodies aren't physiologically capable of performing their best. These performances lack the appropriate risk-taking that's essential for athletic success. The results are performances that are uncertain and lacking in determination, energy, and abandon. From Carl Lewis, the nine-time Olympic track and field gold medalist, If you don't have confidence, you'll always find a way not to win. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 23 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success. And be on the lookout for episode 24 in the near future.